is like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land, and Lord of the sea, holy and true, faithful and able, Lord of all time and eternity. God bless you. My name is uh, Brother Ferdinand Nweke. I'm your host on Truth in Brief, and I want to thank you for joining me on this edition. Thank you for taking time to listen uh, and receive the word into your spirit. I trust that you will be edified. Um, uh, like I normally say, don't forget, the bigger God gets in your eyes, the tinier your mountains will become. The reason is because there is nothing we can face in life that our Father God cannot handle. Um, you know, in, in, Matt, in John chapter 5, the Gospel of John chapter 5, um, if, when you read it from verse 1, uh, Jesus was passing by and he now got to this, um, you know, the pool of Bethesda and he saw this man who had been paralyzed there and the man had been by that pool, you know, looking for a miracle. And scripture says in John chapter 5, and verse 6, when Jesus saw him and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? The Bible says Jesus knew. Jesus knew. And I just want to encourage you with that phrase, Jesus knows. You know, you know the song, he said, Jesus knows all about our struggles and he will guide till the day is done. There is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows. You see, something happens to our spirit when we know that Jesus knows. Jesus knows exactly where you are at. He knows what you're going through. In fact, the Bible says, you know, even as we pray, we must remember that our Heavenly Father already knows. He knows. He knows. He sees. And because He's compassionate, he will not abandon you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you no matter what the times bring. So I just want you to have comfort that your Savior knows. Your Master knows what you are going through. And you can be sure that his intervention will be guaranteed in your life in the name of Jesus. So we have been looking at learning from Jesus. Remember, um, Jesus told us to learn from him and it is so important that we do so. And in the last episode, we were looking at the value system of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to read a few scriptures in that regard, looking at Jesus' measurement of greatness, um, you know, as we find recorded for us in scripture. How did Jesus measure greatness? Uh, what did greatness mean to him? And how did he value? What was his, you know, measuring standard, his yardstick? For gauging greatness you know and the question was very important uh to the disciples and of course to all of us everybody wants to know who is the greatest and uh, and we want to live lives that are significant and there's nothing wrong with that but we just need to make sure that our value system for valuing greatness is in agreement with that of our lord and savior jesus christ otherwise we are going to be pursuing and calling great something that jesus does not consider great and in that case we will not be learning 
from him, both from his teaching and from his life example. So in Matthew chapter 18 from verse 1, Matthew 18 from verse 1, at that time the disciples came to Jesus and they asked him, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I think that's a major question. Is it the person with the largest congregation? Is it the person with the you know largest amount of money in his bank accounts in multiple currencies? Is it the person who is most famous and is well known all over the world? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I think that's a very important question. You see, in our assessments, we have all kinds of standards that we use to measure greatness. But we are going to see Jesus' measurement of greatness. Look at the question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Is it the most talented? Is it the person that is most visible? The one with the biggest poster? The person with the biggest congregation? The one that has the largest businesses? Is that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? We will be surprised to find that the answer to that is not necessarily so. Why is that so? Because the kingdom of heaven uses a very different standard of measurement for measuring greatness. You see, kingdoms are different in their values. Let me give you an example. The, the value system of the kingdom of Judah, where Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, where they were living before Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, carried them away to Babylon. The value system of Judah is very different from the value system of Babylon. What made you great in Judah is not what will make you great in Babylon because there are two different kingdoms. You see, what the Babylonians consider important is not important in Judah. And even what they worship and exalt in Babylon is an abomination in Judah. So you see, when kingdoms change, value systems change. Because as God's children, we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The value system in the kingdom of light is radically different from the value system in the other kingdom. So this is important. Who is the greatest? You see, if we find the true answer to this question, it's going to bring peace and rest to our hearts. Much of our competition, much of our anger, much of our, you know, many of our unreasonable expectations, we just, we just disappear because we know that ultimately those are not the things that will matter. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth. This is Matthew 18 verse 3. He said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. You see, they are looking for the greatest and Jesus calls a little child. Now look what he says in verse 4. Matthew 18 and verse 4. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Do you notice that? So in, in, as far as the kingdom of heaven is concerned, it is humility here that is being used as the yardstick for greatness. Meaning that, assuming I'm the greatest as far as this world is concerned, I have all of these trappings and I have all of these things that make people look great in the world system, and I don't have this childlike simplicity and humility. You know, you know the way a child is. You can rebuke a child, it will still come running to you. A child is, is open in the heart. It's not complicated. A child is not arrogant. I'm not talking of, he's not a, a teenager here himself. He's a little child. In fact, in one account, the Bible says Jesus took the boy in his hand and he carried him. So you are dealing with a, a child. Jesus said, this is the greatest. If you humble yourself like this, then you are the greatest. 
Is this our standard of measuring greatness? Or do we have another standard? If we do, we are not learning from the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see, this matter was a big matter with the disciples. In Luke chapter 9, look what the Bible says, Luke 9 from 46. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them will be the greatest. You see, they had an argument. Who, who will be the greatest? I can imagine Imagine these big apostles and they have this they are having this argument. I'm, I'm, look, I'm the greatest here. No, you are not the one. Uh, look, John, Johnny, it's not you. Tom, Tom, look. Can you imagine Peter and John and James and Matthew, Bartholomew? Can you imagine them having this argument among themselves about who will be the greatest among them? You see, look what Jesus said to them. Then Jesus, knowing their thoughts, Luke chapter 9, 46, now 47. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside them. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For he who is least among you all, the one that is least, the one that is the smallest, Jesus said he is the greatest. Can you imagine what is going to happen when we stand before God in eternity and he uses this standard of measurement for as ascribing greatness? You see how surprised we will be. Jesus said, the person who is the least, that's the person who is the greatest. How? It is because he is using a different standard. Now, this argument didn't end in Luke chapter 9. We now see again in Luke chapter 22, the same disciples, the Bible says a dispute, an argument arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus just taught them, he had taught them this lesson, but they forgot it. And we are prone to forget. This is, you see, these are two separate incidents. We are prone to forget. And when we forget, then we start competing with everybody. We start making a hell of a noise, you know, when we are not recognized as the big and the greatest. Imagine if people are going to use this standard of measurement for measuring greatness. All of us will humble ourselves. We will serve each other. Because we know that to be the greatest, Jesus said you must be the least. And not just the least in theory. You have to serve like that and humble yourself like that. Does it mean you are going to be a doormat for human beings? No, 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 no. You are a fool for Christ, not a fool for human beings. Huh? So, it, but it does mean that we are going to change our attitude and we are going to change, you know, our priorities instead of looking for the high place. Jesus said, when you are invited to an occasion, don't go and take the big chair. He said, humble yourself and, you know, then when your host comes, then he will, he will move you up. And you can see this in the life of Jesus himself. He is the greatest, but he came down here as the one that serves. So in Luke 22, the same argument throws again. So Jesus now said to them, Luke 22, 25, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. Then he said, for who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. So you see the Lord Jesus Christ giving us his own value for greatness. And I'd like us to draw to a close by looking at, you know, the same lesson in the book of Mark, chapter 9, 33 to 37. And I'm reading it now from the message translation. Mark 9, 33 to 37. They came to Capernaum. 
And when he was safe at home, he asked them, what are you discussing on the road? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is amazing. He said, what are you discussing on the road? The, the message version said the silence was deafening. They had been arguing with one another over who among them was greatest. He sat down and summoned the twelve. So you want first place? Then take the last place. Be the servant of all. He put a child in the middle of the room. Then, cradling the little one in his arms, he said, Whoever embraces one of these children as I do embraces me, and far more than me, God who sent me. The Bible says when Jesus asked them the question, the silence was deafening. Why? Because they, they were, there was an argument. Who would be the greatest? These are apostles, and they have been with Jesus for long, for some time here. So, you see, this thing is an ingrained issue in the heart of all of us want to be the greatest. But Jesus shows us the path. So if we are to learn from Jesus, we are going to use a very different standard for measuring greatness. And my prayer is that we will not assess greatness the way the world assesses it. We will use the kingdom yardstick for measuring greatness. So that when we stand before the Father, eventually on that last day, He will declare us great. And my dear friend, I think that's the greatness that matters when God Himself calls you great. The Bible says concerning John the Baptist, he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. That's where I want to be great. Not in the sight of human beings and not in the sight of a world that is passing away with its measuring standards. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word that you have brought to us. We just want to receive instruction from you. Lord Jesus, we accept your value system. And ask that, Lord, you will help us on a day-by-day -day basis. Lord, to live according to your standard, to learn the lesson that you are teaching us. And uh, our great desire, Lord, is to be great in your sight. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with me on uh, Truth in Brief today. And uh, please remember to share Truth in Brief and uh, you're free to contact me. My phone number is two, uh, plus 234 uh, and please uh, encourage other people to connect and uh, receive Truth in Brief. And please share as uh, God enables you. And then visit our website at eternityministries.org uh, for more information and for more resources. God bless you. Maker of heaven, Lord of the land, and Lord of the sea. Holy and true